and welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay, and she's Sarah, and we are marine biologists in recovery, and today we're talking about the best book in the history of the land, Mm -hmm. A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. Yay, 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 yay. Yeah, this, I don't even know who introduced this book to whom, but... uh, Amanda. Oh, yeah. Lindsay's sister introduced it to Lindsay, and then Lindsay introduced it to me, and then... Oh, yeah. One of the best books ever. It's by Becky Chambers, and it's the first in sort of like a... It's not really a series, because the following... There are books that take place after this book, but with different characters, but in the same, um, like futuristic very cool science fiction world which we are going to dive into yes or you could say like i do to explain to people it's like firefly in space (laughs) different yeah it's it is kind of like fire like it's like firefly meets star trek because it's very alien focused whereas firefly doesn't have aliens and but it's like it's definitely grittier and Mm -hmm. like less utopian than star trek yeah definitely mm-hmm. and it's it's more like to the modern sensibility in terms of like diversity and like real diversity compared like than either of those things mm-hmm. also yes 100 yeah. percent. yeah it's not yeah. just different species but it's also lgbtq and skin colors and they're like they just they talk about things that i think this book talks about mental health like yeah offensive mental health more than i've ever read anywhere else in any except for maybe the fourth book in the series <laughs> yes yeah yeah but yeah. like just this book like they bring it up so much about yeah like, this could be a problem for your mental health like not like there's a problem with your mental health it's like we should be on the wearabouts. We should do this. Yes. So for your mental health, like actively working on keeping people's mental health in a positive state, which is, you just never see that in anywhere, especially in futuristic, we're on a ship kind of. Yeah, place. for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. And it, it also, it covers like a bunch of different futuristic human societies, um, which is cool. Like it's not, and that's definitely one thing that you really notice in a lot of science fiction is like they go to a planet or like all like things are just very like monocultural mm-hmm. whereas yeah the humans but also other cultures as well like there's a huge diversity within like within the alien species that we meet like they're not it's it's not treated like monocultures at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is cool yeah very very cool yeah, so we are going to probably end up with some spoilers, but we'll try to keep those toward... I don't know. I would say that we're probably going to spoil the book. Yes. A lot. Some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't read the book, um, highly recommend it. It came out in 2014, so it's probably at your library. I listened to it on Audible or like on audiobook. Um but I also have the ebook. Uh, it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely worth it. Yeah, by Becky Chambers is the author. I don't know if we mentioned that. Yeah, so basically, yeah, if you if 
what we've talked about so far, and we'll try, maybe let's try to keep the spoilers to a minimum in the first, like, third? We can try. (laughs) We'll try. No guarantees. Because, yeah, I would just, I would recommend that you go read it and then come back and listen to us because it's really good. And, like, a lot of the spoilers aren't plot spoilers. So they're even, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, That's hard. It's, it'll be hard to avoid it because they're, like, character arc spoilers. Because mm-hmm. it's very much character-driven rather than yes. plot-driven. 100%, yeah. Which I think is why Lindsay likes it so much, because Lindsay is not mm-hmm. a big, like, science fiction person. No, like, I like some of it. And I definitely, like, I don't have an issue with space. No, no, but, like... like that. Like, it's not that. It's, it's more of, yeah, I want the whole thing. But that's why I've... Like, I've enjoyed the Star Wars um, sequels mm-hmm. slash not really prequels, but, you know, I enjoyed the story, the character parts of those and seeing them yeah. become who they are. I yeah, for sure. preemptively enjoy Obi-Wan, the show. <laughs> and not just for the reason that you think, but also no, no. for that reason. Yeah, like the, char- <laughs> the character exploration part of it. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. culture, like character and culture exploration. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, so, yeah, like, we we could, like, to go through all the characters and stuff, but, I mean, I think the the main characters that we'll probably end up talking about are Sissix, who is mm-hmm. uh, the pilot, and she's an Andrisk, which is, like, a mm, like lizard analog or rep- mm-hmm. reptilian analog species, uh, like, feathers on her head. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I forgot, I was going to mention at the beginning, too, Becky Chambers also has, she's written a novella that's called To Be Taught If Fortunate. Is that the right one? Yeah. 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 To Be Taught If Fortunate. And it, like, is maybe as a, like, very distant prequel to mm-hmm. Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, but it not necessarily. Um, but it definitely gives a lot of insight into how she thinks about aliens and evolution and like alien biology and stuff um Mm -hmm. yeah and it yeah it covers like a expedition on an alien planet finding alien life forms for the first time Mm -hmm. um and they sort of describe things as like plant analogs or like reptile analogs or fish analogs like really and really recognizes that like it reminds us of a fish in either like physical like or visual or other characteristics, but obviously it evolved completely separate. So it's not actually a fish or whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And similarly to here in the time frame, like we don't actually get a time frame like in relation to where we are in our oh, calendar. Yeah. But Earth has been decimated, which is another reason why it reminds me of Firefly. Mm-hmm. Is, um, so it's been decimated and like they don't like in there's not really living memory of stuff anymore so like they don't they use lizard as a slur for cystics yeah. but they don't really know about dinosaurs anymore there was a part where somebody couldn't remember what the word buffalo was like yeah those kinds of like yeah. they're around but it's not really something that yeah there's know like of. there's books so, and other like archival Mm -hmm. information about life on earth but yeah like most of the people that we meet have never lived on earth like for generations yeah 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 so sissix is like lizard like she has claws 
definitely like she's pretty tall and like gangly maybe it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting um at the beginning we sort of realize that she's cold-blooded like she's really sleepy and like sort of torpory in the morning she eats like small meals uh doesn't really understand how much like humans eat um which has some there's some funny scenes and stuff mm-hmm. and then we also definitely realize like a totally different culture um i actually read like a i think it was like read an ama with um becky chambers and sussex was yeah. like her entry point character into this world like she imagined Sissex first and then sort of built mm. a culture and a world and stuff sort of around that like obviously like years before the actual the actual book came out but like that was her like Sissex was her entry point in which I think you can kind of see because that like Sissex and her species Andrisk are probably like the most well developed in this book yeah definitely so yeah so they are egg bearing species with like a really interesting like familial structure so the eggs are hatched and raised not by their like biological parents who laid or fertilized the eggs um but by like older older adults and she's like yeah why would you expect somebody who's just been a child to know how to raise children i'm like Mm -hmm. good point yep (laughs) good point it makes a lot of sense yeah and they also like she's had like fertile eggs that turned into like young but they don't have any attachment to their young until because they they're young like aren't really people yet um Mm -hmm. they that's what they talk about so like they're there and they you know they're fed and looked after and taught and everything but they're not treated like people until they're like mature which is super interesting but it definitely ties into a common sort of dichotomy in like earth reproductive strategies of different species so um, species like humans, we tend to have very few young, uh, and we put a lot of investment into raising mm-hmm. those few babies. Whereas other things like I don't know spiders or like lots of egg laying, not fish. all like egg laying, yeah, lots of fish lay a ton of eggs and kind of don't really invest anything in them and just hope for the best. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in the case of those like lots of young with low investment, they're not they're hope they're planning for very low success rate of yes the young turning mm-hmm. into adults so it makes sense in this case that they don't get emotionally involved with their young until they live to be old enough to be more likely to survive yeah i think it makes a lot of sense especially yeah. with that level of egg production yeah um, absolutely yeah yeah speaking absolutely. of egg production mm. um and lizards Mm. It's like just turning back to the conversation from last time with Godzilla. It's just an interesting thing. Like it's one of the mm. first things I thought of when I started reading this after we had that conversation about egg size, um, egg clutch size, mm-hmm. and then also like uh, just the way that she is. So she's definitely more. I would actually say traditionally Godzilla shaped in my mind, as opposed to yeah, 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 yeah. Shaped, right? Like she's she's definitely like. Kind of triangly, <laughs> yeah, Makes and sense. and they they like they are bipedal, like they stand on two yeah. legs, but um, yeah, I think they talk about like her her legs like sort of being twisted out or like her knees going in a different direction or something. Yeah, I can't remember. no, not I don't think her knees, but I think her hips are kind of turned out, so not yeah. like not like fully turned out like a lizard or an iguana. Mm-hmm motioning here as because you guys totally see me with this <laughs> podcast but kind of but not all the way turned in 
like a raptor. Like a raptor. Yeah. No, so I would maybe think like somewhere in between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool. And then um, feathers. Then her arms. Yeah, yeah feathers on her head. Mm-hmm. And then scales everywhere. She molds. Which is yeah. Thing. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. but then also her arms are proportionate, like not T Rexy size either yeah. because she uses them. She's the pilot. She does mm-hmm. all of the mm-hmm. things that you need to do as a pilot. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do they. I don't think they talk about it in this one. Maybe it's one of the other ones, but I don't remember because I was listening to it, listening to it on audiobook, so I definitely missed um, some because I've, mm. I've read it like I don't know, so many times. Yeah. But do they talk about like that she has a different set of like flight controls than a human would use? I know they, that comes up in other I don't books in the series, but think so. They don't mention it, and I know that she flies the shuttle that Ashby also flew. And Kizzy, like they both, yeah, they all flew the shuttle, but that doesn't mean they don't have two separate, yeah, steering they, wheels. Mm, whatever. That's true. That's true. Because yeah, they talk about that they put carpet along on the like mesh, like stairs and things that would normally be sort of mesh or not mesh, like wire grid or yeah, like like that grippy that like grippy, you know, like that. What is mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Like metal metal like industrial stairs um, yeah. are carpeted because she has clawed feet and it's really uncomfortable to get them cut in such things. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and they have, because she doesn't have lips. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has to have special glasses mm-hmm. uh, or cups. And, yeah, a certain, a certain kind know, of cup so with like a So all of those things, yeah, kinds of things. But those are yeah. like, again, because it's such a uh, diverse setting, but it's not new diverse. It's They've been living like this for whatever yeah and years or something and also like the the sort of government the galactic commons is like humans are a minor species in this yeah, society really like yeah 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 they're mm-hmm. like so she's the new kind of, of one of the yeah 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 so yeah andrisks are one of the founding species of mm-hmm. the galactic commons so um yeah it makes sense that like yeah so maybe the standard controls are adapted for andrisks and humans yeah. got a do something weird to, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to think, just like aside from her claws on her forearms, I don't know, or forelimbs, I don't know if there's any difference. I I don't know about thumbs, so it doesn't say, but she she holds cups, so yeah. The only Yeah, the only adaptations I remember are the, the flooring and the cup. Yeah. Glass situation, glassware. Yeah. Issues, yeah, and also I guess Andrisks in general are like if you go when you go to their planet, you can buy these like amazing heating pads or blankets, and I was like, I want mm, one. <laughs> I know, me too. That's awesome. Yeah, so the like the captain of the ship is a human. There's three other humans, like sort of the I wouldn't say main character because it's definitely an ensemble, but like our entry point, the new character yeah. that sort of mm-hmm. is like the. The reason for explaining things character um, mm-hmm. is human. The captain's human. The two uh, technicians are human. And the algiest is human, which is yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, Corbin. And then there's there's Dr. Chef, who I love so much. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah. Uh, is a it's species a... known as a grum, which is sort of yeah. like a nudibranch, kind of? I think so. Like, but, like, that stands up but can use its limbs. Somebody, yeah, yeah, like something ter- like that, terrestrial like a sea cucumber, octo- sea cu- cucumber, but with arms and legs. Or no, yeah. wait, am I getting confused between Grum and 
Oh, um, the hand... Uh, Harmagian? Harmagians are sea cucumbers. Yeah, Harmagians are sea cucumbers. Grums are, like, crabish. Yeah, I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But being blocked by Petal or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and then there's... adorable. Yeah, so adorable. And, like, just, again, like, they doesn't talk a lot about the different biology of the Grum, but Mm. definitely the different psychology Mm -hmm. of Dr. Chef. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so Dr. Chef is the doctor and the chef, obviously, (laughs) and has a name, but is unpronounceable. And then there's there's Lovelace, who's the AI, or Lovey, uh, who features heavily in the second book in the series. Yep. And then there's Ohan, who is a, a... a paired species so it's a cyanate pair and it's interesting because like this book came out in 2014 and also because it's like a non-human thing in like the society is like not a human-centered society so the the they they them pronouns are used for things like um cyanate pairs because they are like a paired individual like it's they're not Mm -hmm. an individual they're two people in the there are two individuals in the same body yeah and then there's other but, but there then there's other yeah, gender neutral also, yeah gender neutral, gender neutral pronouns which mm-hmm. is like yeah this is so that's thing. it's just just different yeah so probably we'll talk about ohan mm, yeah in a bit in a bit but uh do you want to talk a little bit about algae <laughs> sure you did this research but... i did do this research so they use algae and also ambi which i uh ambi is like no, the ambi is more of like a. They collect it from space. It's like antimatter or something like that. Okay. Like ambient. It's like a. It's ambient something. Okay. Yeah. It's it's I space was energy. Always confused as to whether or not I've like ambi was like fancy algae. I couldn't oh, even remember. Yeah. No. I think yeah. it's like antimatter or something like that. Yeah. So algae is what they use to make the power, make the yeah. spaceship go, but mm-hmm. also sometimes ambi. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why it's confusing. So we don't know if it's algae or space algae, Sarah says here in these notes. <laughs> yeah. But currently algae is used as biofuel mm-hmm. um, because it's carbon producing fuel or... Yeah. Yeah. So the same way that like you can use biodiesel or they put uh, as like like corn yeah. derived mm-hmm. biofuel, you can do algae derived biofuel and other things as well. It It's still like burning something and producing carbon yeah. dioxide. So it's not really yeah, like... Yeah, so again, yeah, it works the same way. It's like mm-hmm. they were, when they're burnt, they release CO2, but unlike fossil fuel, it only releases CO2 that's been recently removed from the atmosphere via photosynthesis. Yeah. So that is better somehow? It's, I don't really it's know. slightly better, but I feel like there's also lots of energy needed to grow yeah. the algae in the first place. Yeah, and to create it. So, yeah, and there's a whole, even in this book, there's yeah. a whole thing about how finicky it is and how yeah like some of it is tacky and that's bad and just like everything has to be exactly precise and it's a lot of work to grow the algae and i'm like that seems like a lot of work yeah if so you have other fuel options yeah well i think in current world like the thought is well then we don't have to mine and like destroy environments to yeah, get it true. and it's also like safer to transport all that kind of stuff, but it is still like oh yeah, like burning it's, stuff. I'm not so it's better, but it's not great. Pick fossil fuels, but no, no, we should pick. Yeah, it's it's not a actually solution. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. exactly. It's a and it 
it's impossible. Like it's so hard to like have enough to mm-hmm. do anything with. And yeah. then in the book, it's it's because it's way cheaper than Ambi. Like Ambi is they can only collect it in certain places, and I think it's dangerous and really expensive. So they use. In the book, they're like, they do, instead of um, faster than light travel, they do like tunnels between places, kind of like constructed wormholes, basically. And that's what this ship does is like drill wormholes in space. Mm -hmm. Um, So they use the Ambi for that, probably just because it uses more fuel, but Mm -hmm. it's really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. So this is, I think, yeah, like you said, space algae, like evolved an algae, an algae, an algae. Analog. Analog is hard to say. (laughs) It is. An algae analog. And so it's something similar to the idea of algae fuel that we might be able to produce here, but, you know, further evolved and this algae is special, so it's less work or whatever. Yeah. It just is extra interesting just because they're talking about algae fuel in Project Hail Mary. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, there's a lot of talk about space algae fuel going on in my life well right and now. i think in terms of i don't know how good it is at fuel but it would be really good for like making oxygen and purifying water mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so i did look up there we'll put a link in the show notes to an interesting article about like all these different it's like a collection of articles from the microbiology society about all oh. the different things that they like industrial things that they are are currently doing or like theorized they could do like there's always talk of using uh like algae or other bacteria to do like to pure like to remove oil and stuff from uh, water or other pollution from water one of the big ones that is actually like it fully industrialized is insulin is now made in genetically modified bacteria oh yeah that's like probably the most like commercially industrially bacterial bacteria produced thing that isn't like naturally produced by bacteria so i think i knew that yeah but just didn't put it together yeah because they used to insulin originally was from like pig pancreases or something i I don't remember yeah yeah something like that probably Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm that that's what i would get (laughs) yeah it's it's in there somewhere (laughs) yeah so the algaeist on the ship is corbin who um Mm -hmm. big spoilers turns out to be a clone and he didn't know it nope. which makes which sense because it is very illegal yeah yeah i also really like so i'm assuming but if you're listening by now you've read the book um i really like that they they could have gone around like so to get him out of jail for being a clone he has to like regain his galactic common citizenship and like the sort of like cliche default like lazy thing to do would be oh like he has to get married to somebody and they don't mm-hmm, do that there's mm-hmm. a different way around yeah. it which i love mm-hmm. yeah i really it's a really interesting side mm-hmm. story because it has nothing to do with the plot like the main arc and yeah it doesn't explain why he's or it doesn't really explain why he's such a cranky boy yeah, no, he is, yeah, super cranky and very nitpicky in particular. Yeah, but it's just, like, he gets a story because he's on the ship and he's part of the crew. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. so, yeah, like, the sh- the story takes place on their way to a small angry planet, which is, like, mm-hmm. the name of the book. But it is really, like, an anthology of, like, different smaller stories about the different characters and their relationships yeah. on the way. 
Yeah. Totally. is great. So the AI is Lovey um, or Lovelace and she's a sentient AI, which is interesting. It's like, it seems like it's, they're showing a culture sort of in evolution because mm-hmm. there's not yet, or there isn't really a strong issue with sentient AIs. There's like non-sentient AIs are super common and then they have sentient AIs. But the thing that is really like strongly not allowed is a sentient AI in a human body so the mm-hmm. the so lovey is in the ship as you know like the ship's computer basically and so i would say that there's like a maybe like a slight discomfort that that jenks like falls in love with her but it's not mm-hmm. it's not that it's sort of like a weird it's quirky of him it's yeah, not it's like quirky it's not yeah it's, it's not, not like uh, s- gross yeah. or tab- super taboo but the idea of her being in a human or like a people-like body, not specifically human necessarily, is mm-hmm. like super illegal. So yeah, it seems like it's the idea of sentient AIs might be kind of new to the society because they're still trying to figure out like the ethics of it and yeah. the, like how you treat a sentient AI. Yeah, I don't know. Like It's one of those things of like, I don't know if it is actually new or if that it's been around long enough that people have started to notice that it's something that they should care about, but it happens at a really slow pace because people are taking them for granted. Perhaps uh, because they started with non-sentient AIs. That's the only other thing I can think of because they talk about like that weird group of people who ha- want them to have sentient AIs to have rights, but they like go about it the wrong way, which I can relate with. Yes, totally. Life on the internet. <laughs> So there's like that, but nobody ever, nobody else seems to really be talking about it. So or maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's like a because, gradual thing. Like some non-sentient AIs like accidentally became sentient, like more gradually. Yeah. And now they're like intentionally making sentient AIs and that's mm-hmm. the newer thing. Yeah. So like, it's either, it's something like, yeah, they either haven't figured out what to do because it's new or because they're complacent and... Yeah, Just because they're not humans in charge of the government doesn't mean they're not. They're not bureaucratic. Complacent. They're definitely yeah. it's definitely a bureaucratic government. <laughs> oh, yes, boy. it is. <laughs> yeah. So there's stuff like that of like it's hard to tell and just like they talk about yeah. Jinx being really respectful to all AIs and it's just one of those things of like yeah they're he's so like quirky. not looked upon as a race which is could be a thing you know with the history of the western world and Indeed. other parts of the world or i lost my train of thought they're not yeah. looked upon as a race or they're just not yeah there yet. maybe maybe the new the new part maybe is the the movement of people treating them like sentient ais even though they've been around for a, like treating them yeah. like thinking that they should have the same rights as sentient people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe that part's new but the existence of them as like a like sentient ais as like a lesser group of people maybe isn't mm-hmm. new. Yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Actually, especially yeah, when you think so. about the next book in the series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah that's what I was thinking of just like, yeah, not, so it's just not that new how people are viewed in that book, but also just the technology of the, of that. And just like, doesn't yeah, seem like of the different species yeah. that new, like they're definitely have been around for a few generations. Yeah. At least. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. But yeah, the, the sort of coming into more mainstream of realizing that like yeah. just because they're AI doesn't mean that they're not, they don't have feelings. Mm-hmm. Like we programmed them to exactly. have feelings to help us. Yep. So, and, then, and then we, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then got confused um, that they have feelings. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah, so I guess, like, the... Oh, we didn't actually talk about who Ada Lovelace is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The Lovelace. Duh. Okay, so, yeah, Ada Lovelace is named... Or Lovelace is named after Ada Lovelace, who was the the daughter of Lord Byron and his mathematician wife. And she basically is thought to have not necessarily invented the first computer, but, like, a thought experiment of what we would now consider to be a computer. Basically, like, there's a a machine, like a theoretical machine, called the analytical engine that they thought could do things like computers, like follow algorithms. So she published an Mm -hmm. algorithm for this machine, and that basically means that she was the first computer programmer. Yeah. She's great. She, yeah, she Mm -hmm. was really smart. Like, she did this when she was really young. Yeah. And then, you know, like, she was definitely, like, born into a life of privilege. Like, she was the daughter of a lord and married a Mm -hmm. count. Oh, no, sorry. She married an earl, and then she became the countess. I don't really understand how all of those things work. No, me either. Yeah. It's weird that her dad's Lord Byron. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I have socks with her picture on them that I got at the British Museum. (laughs) (laughs) As you do. Yeah. So, yeah, she basically worked on, like, theoretical math and theoretical like algorithms and machine like machines and stuff mm-hmm. yeah but i think in in her time period she was thought of as just like translating and explaining stuff but as we look back yeah. like she was actually like yeah. writing the programs but you know it's the same mm-hmm. thing as like the first like the computer program the, like the computers at yeah, nasa were at thought NASA. of as just like mm-hmm. oh they're just doing arithmetic but like no <laughs> <laughs> they're no, telling they're not. computers how to do arithmetic. Um, and it's yeah. also really complicated. Like, it's not arithmetic. Mm-hmm. It's crazy it's calculus. It's normal arithmetic. Um, yeah. Like, orbital mechanics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. 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 And, you know, and there's definitely controversy about, like, who was first, blah, blah, blah. But, like, none of, like, calling her a computer program is, computer programmer is also strong. Because, like, she was drawing diagrams on paper. So, like. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, she couldn't. There, there weren't know. any computer, like. Exactly. Yeah, there was just like, the the idea of computers and like yeah. there was engines and stuff. Like if you if you've seen the the Alan Turing movie, movie, which is really good and has like a cool thing of like the the Turing machine thing that they use for decoding Nazi like German uh, code breaking stuff. Like it's a computer. It's just giant and you know exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's how it was back then. Exactly. Yeah. So that's who Lovelace is named after, and she's mm-hmm. great. And if you feel like having a very emotional experience, I would recommend reading the second book in the series. Well, I would recommend reading all four, but the second one requires a lot of Yeah, the second one, like, they're all really spectacularly good. Um, They're so beautiful. I will warn, or not warn, but, like, I was initially disappointed that we don't come back to Mm -hmm. the Wayfarer, the ship, and the crew. Yeah, I agree. The other, and, like, I'm still disappointed that we don't, because I want more stories with them, but uh, it's not gonna happen so um nope. the other books do like they all overlap and intersect in different ways which mm-hmm. i love they're all great Ugh, highly recommend i'm doing just imagine use my imagination about indeed In, yeah exactly exactly mm. yeah so then i guess we have our um ohan our signet pair yeah who in my mind looks like a little like cookie monster Hmm. Interesting. Like, I was thinking floors. like just mainly because he's blue. That's yeah. Really okay. So point. like the I was thinking the sloth in oh 
Um, Zootopia. Uh, Zootopia. But blue. Yep, that works too. Yep. Yeah, but blue. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Just mainly because there's Alaru, they talk about, they mention that species offhand in this book. There's one, there's mm. a couple in the fourth book, and that one makes me think of the floppy dog in 101 Dalmatians, you know, when all the dogs look like all the owners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the floppy dog, with, it's got a like, big bend in its back and really long ears. Yep. That's what I think Alaru is, but they're also like purple. Yeah. But, and have big, big feet. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the sloth and Zootopia, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so the cyanide species are like infected? Yes. Maybe? They use the term infected, but it's an interesting conversation that I wanted to have with you Mm -hmm. about mutualism versus parasites. Like, they call it a virus. Yeah. When they're explaining it to us, and they said that they're infected, and they definitely have negative. Yeah, Facts like it, it shortens their this, lifespan a lot. They call it a whisperer, mm-hmm. but they, so they call it a whisperer and they call it a virus, but I don't actually know what it is. Like, yeah, actually, like on a biological. I would assume it's a stand. virus if they're using the word yeah. virus. Yeah, probably. But they also don't explain how you get it. It seems to be that they all get it. Yeah, and it's hard to know because. So there's also then this culture that builds up of the... So when they get infected with this virus, it makes their brain able to comprehend, like, complex mathematics or and, like, spatial, like, subspace and all this stuff in a way that even, like, computers and no other species can. And they believe that they get that knowledge from the virus and that that knowledge is, like, sacred, Mm-hmm. So they both, they can't teach anybody else the knowledge. They won't get like cured from the virus, even though it kills them after like 20 or 30 years, even though if without the virus, they live like into their hundreds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they go through like this wasting um, when they're like in their 20s and like slowly die. Yeah, because they have this like whisperer in their brain that they think is sacred and it's their like their culture and their religion to respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because they talk to when they talk to the synads who have been had the mm-hmm. uh, whisper removed or been cured. Yeah. Um, and they still have the ability to see the math and the space. Yeah. And all of that stuff, but they also won't share it still with anyone yes else. yeah which is super so interesting. interesting like like the religion part of it carries on some of it mm-hmm. some of the religion part carries on and some of it doesn't it, it's i don't it's an interesting yeah and i don't know if like if that's because they're trying to stay like under the radar of like the main yeah. culture and government been and been stuff so that outcast? they're cast mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah we never really get into like the society because they seem Like, once you have it, you can be a navigator and you're just on a ship and that's what you do. Like, that's what you're born for. But I'm like, but what about their home planet and their life? Like, how does that? Yeah. never get into that at all. So. Yeah, definitely some unanswered questions there. Um, Yeah, and it is interesting. And I totally had not realized that at all, that the the cured ones are the... There's some that are, like, naturally resistant. So, like, they get the virus, but they, like, are aware that it's weird that... Like they're mm-hmm. like they're still themselves, and they that they should get cured of this virus because it's going to kill them. And then there's some that are like forcibly or like that don't choose. Like sorry, there's some that are resistant and never um, are under like the control of the virus, but they still get the like perks of the mm-hmm. the brain power. And then there's some that like maybe subtly realize that 
they're gonna like that are so afraid of dying basically that get cured yeah. yeah so yeah i didn't really clue into the fact that yeah they still don't share or like write computer programs or anything to share yeah, their like interest they just like subspace all go live on like a on hoth basically but they build themselves a space elevator yeah because also so, that's the yeah. other thing is like the the cyanate pairs are so like enamored of like the mathematical purity of the information that they have that they don't really have any like creativity or inventiveness so they just like do the thing and like follow the math but they don't they don't like yeah. they don't explore or like go choose to go beyond any of that which is also interesting yeah they just mm-hmm. so it's a really interesting like it's a culture that has become a culture because of this virus and this religious belief mm-hmm. or whatever so like mm-hmm. if and they you know we don't get into any kind of reproduction kind of thing but like if the cured cyanet are able to reproduce because they live for so long like their generation like they live to be like 150 so then if that happens and then they re- they are able to reproduce and they don't get sick or they're cured immediately yeah and so then does the culture change and then then they are able to see through space but are they able to see through space if they're cured immediately that's a whole other thing but yeah. then are they going to go off and become the superior race because they can see through space yeah i don't know build space elevators like i don't know yeah, it's so cool. And we, yeah, I, there's not really much talk in the other books about Cyanets other than in passing. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, it's very cool. Yeah, Lindsay's like, uh, her note here is virus or mutualism. And I'm like, both? Yeah, that's kind of my thing. Yeah. I'm like, it is kind of both. Like, it does die. Like, the Cyanet is killed by the virus, but he they get this amazing thing. Yeah. Which doesn't super benefit them. It benefits everyone. Yeah, but I, I think such a weird... if you ask them, they think it benefits them because yeah. they are able to, like, access this information that they think is sacred. And it's like a, a great joy mm-hmm. is maybe the wrong word. But like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like it's this yeah, but great they, thing in their life. On that, they get to, but even if it's not that, like, they get to access something, but it's not a biological positive. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So no, like, that's true. So that's does true. that does that make it? But just a virus? I think like I think once culture evolves and like a cultural advantage is still yeah, eventually a biological important. advantage, mm-hmm. right? If it helps you fit into yeah. your culture, that helps you succeed. Yeah. You know, depending on your, mm-hmm. you know, like how you reproduce and stuff. Status. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, like the virus needs a host because that's how viruses work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. You wrote here ant fungus, which we talked about in our oh, annihilation yeah. episode yeah millions of years just ago. in terms of like a fungus that train changes how brains work um mm-hmm. yeah so yeah the fungus that takes over an ant and makes them go places zombie to ants. yeah like zombie ant fungus which I'm, it is everywhere you've heard about it makes yeah. them like go places to like basically be be legs for my fungus <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah just a lot of things what viruses do yeah basically go inside them so yeah they can get around yep 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 i yep. don't know anything about a virus getting around no 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 virus nope. insights here nope. um, <laughs> no i haven't talked about it in years nope well if you have read other books in this series and you want to nerd out about the books with Ugh. us uh we can just yes. start like a, a five book book club <laughs> 
Yep, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Becky Chambers also has written another novella um, in a totally different world, and it's also so good and so cozy. And it's about yeah. like robots and drinking tea in the forest. Mm-hmm. Yep, and a sequel's coming out in oh, the summer. Yes, so good. Yeah. Anyways, I will read anything that she writes oh she's she's such a beautiful writer yeah and like has a really distinct approach Mm -hmm. to things anyways yeah Yeah. so if you want to nerd out about becky chambers and why she's awesome uh you can reach out to us on social media we're at nature finds a pod on facebook instagram and twitter or you can head to our website naturefindsapod.com uh and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review on your favorite podcasting app we will be back in two weeks with turning red not seeing red (laughs) That's a that's the bad Buffy episode, turning red. So we're get prepared to talk about red pandas and your period. Yay, and... my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> so in the meantime, stay, stay sciencey, sciencey friends. friends. <laughs>